You're listening to This Caregiver Life, a special rebroadcast episode of our companion podcast, Sarcasm Sisters. Thank you for being a valued member of our audience. Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hello, Mary. Good morning, Jen. How are you? Oh, I'm a little low today, I think. Well, that's understandable. And um, we decided to do this podcast sort of as a, I would call it a bonus episode, but that denotes something exciting and interesting. And although this is interesting, our special episode of Sarcasm Sisters today is relating to Hurricane Florence and the devastating effects that it's having on the Carolinas, parts of Virginia and Georgia. And um, and so first and foremost, uh, can you give us an update on your situation? Sure. So um, with with the, uh, the hurricane coming toward the coast last week, directly for my my town, my hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina. We decided to evacuate last Monday. Uh, we had time to, to get ready, so we were lucky. In that way, that I had the time to think about what to bring with me. Um, and we left on Tuesday morning, so we haven't been home since then. And as much as I'd like to complain about not being home, uh, my heart is really out to all of our our friends and and the citizens in that area who remained through the hurricane uh, and can't get out and 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 people can't get into the city and people can't get out to the of the area so you aren't trapped but i imagine because your original plans were to stay and you had a much more substantial basis for staying than many people a whole house generator certainly plenty of supplies um, while you're, you're out, um, your feelings are not that of, of happiness. It, it definitely, I can feel an air of sadness about you and, and stress. Well, yep. There's definitely a lot of stress. It was stressful leaving. Uh, we had, you know, I think these are some really good pointers for, uh, people who think, a disaster like this, a natural disaster like this, or I guess any large disaster, natural or not, that could affect your life. Um, and those people you love and you care for, and you and I have you know, talked a little bit before about being caregivers. So we have an extra additional responsibility when somebody else who's vulnerable is um, in our charge and we have to make sure that we've done everything that we can for that person. That's really what drove me out was to make sure that I took uh, good care of Tom um, and for, you know, people who are listening to the, for the first time, Tom is my husband. He is a veteran with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, 
also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, and it's not so easy to move somebody around who's in, who is, has that kind of vulnerable disabilities. Um, and so we have to take good care of them. We have to take care of ourselves as well. So there was a lot of work uh, leading up to leaving. I remember talking to my mom for a little bit on last Monday and she said, oh, you should probably leave now on Monday afternoon. And I said, well, you know, considering the hurricane's not coming at us for another couple more days, I have time and I need to think about it and make sure I bring everything with me. And um, so when folks think about, gosh, if I had to flee a hurricane or forest fire or natural gas explosion, which we also had this weekend in Boston, um, what would I take? I would grab my photo albums. I would get my, um, you know, I would try to take all my clothes that, you know, I would grab my electronics, but that's not actually what happens, especially when you care for someone that has um, a serious illness or condition. No, it isn't. And, uh, and we've done, um, you know, in the, in our hidden heroes caregiver group, uh, probably more than a year ago, a few years ago, we had some robust conversations in, in there about uh, what we would need to leave behind if we died before our care recipient dies? What would our family and friends need to know about this person that we're caring for, this veteran that we're caring for? And so it's a huge undertaking, you know, cause you, cause you really have to think about all those, you know, somebody doesn't have access to your computer say, um, and so that would be something you would wanna do is to leave a list of passwords, even though everybody says, oh no, you can't, you know, don't you know, leave a list of passwords. But you, but you must, otherwise somebody can't get into some of those important accounts like My Healthy Vet is the healthcare source for our veterans. Um, E-Benefits is, is where our veterans can see and follow and track the benefits that they're receiving, their, pay, their monthly pay and, and other benefits that are part of um, what they're receiving for their service-connected conditions. So those things are really important. Um, so there's a page of um, passwords in my book. We created binders, um, kind of, we collectively did that, I think, in our group, HHCC, the Hidden Heroes group. Um, I use page protectors. I got, I got the fattest binder that I could possibly find at Staples. Yes, and um, some of the things in my binder, uh, because I'm not married to my care recipient, my uh, my disabled veteran is my brother. So some of the things in my binder are um, guardianship and power of attorney papers and, and those legal documents that I would actually physically need to have um, if I were separated from our computer, our home, visiting a new doctor, those types of things. Exactly. And um, so some of the other things that I have, and, it, it, you know, of course, it's just, Everybody has to tailor it to themselves. So some of the things that I, I have in mind are uh, my life insurance policies and Tom's life insurance policies, his uh, disability policy. He has a, a disability policy in addition to his um, VA um, benefits that he gets. I have the award letter from the VA in there, his uh, DD-214, his discharge papers, I have things from the house, so the house insurance, the car insurance, um, 
I'm thinking about adding something to mine that's not in there now. Um, and that would be my last couple of income tax returns. Mm, good. That's a great idea. You know, that summary page that shows how much was withheld, how much you paid. Um, if I were to need, you know, to rebuild my life, to buy a home, I would surely need those tax documents. Exactly. And if, if you're, um, you know, if you're a person who uses a computer or, or even if you're not all that familiar with it, I, I recommend using the cloud to store some important documents like that in there as well. It can't hurt to have a backup plan um, just for those reasons, because a loss is a loss. Now, and so some of the other things that I have in that binder is the healthcare proxy, a DNR, um, power of attorney. Mm-hmm. All your uh, end of life children. documents. Hmm? End of life documents. End of life documents, exactly. Like every everything I could think of that one would consider a pertinent piece of information that's in there. Because if you don't need it, if that if whoever gets you know your binder for life doesn't need that information, then so what? You at least you had it in there just in case. Because our last our last podcast we talked about worst case scenarios, which is so ironic because that last case scenario happened about twenty four hours later. And even though I say I don't really think a lot about them, um, I guess I just plan for them, and then I put them aside, and I was ready to go. But I still hadn't thought of everything. I hadn't thought about videoing my house, and you gave me that idea, so I I did that. Um, I thought while I was videoing it a couple of things, how helpful it would be insurance wise if I needed that and um, how that would be something for me to look back on if I lost my house in the hurricane. And that's something that can be stored in the cloud and anybody listening, whether you live in a hurricane zone or you think this, nothing could happen to you, the video of your home, your property, its contents um, is invaluable. Should you go to work someday and your home catches on fire? or some other worst case scenario happens. And I have to say, when we were talking about worst case scenarios, I definitely am that person who assumes all the time the worst thing's gonna happen. And I was trying not, as your friend, to impart that on you. I was trying to be supportive of your decision to stay and give you some helpful ideas, but um, I didn't wanna be pushy. And you know, and I appreciate that, but I also do think um, we can be pushy with people we love, and that's okay. If you have a strong enough relationship, I think that's okay. I mean, I really was lulled into a sense of security because we do have a whole house generator. It's working right now for my neighbors who have stayed behind, have looked after our home, and um, for whatever their reason is that they stayed behind, they are there, and they have used the house. I don't know that they've slept there, but they've cooked there, and they've taken some relief there with the air conditioning, um, they were able to use it to fill their tubs with my tubs with water and sinks and theirs as well, because it was an issue yesterday regarding filtered water mm. in Wilmington. They didn't, uh, they thought they were going to run out of fuel to um, run the filtration system in Wilmington. That was cleared up late in the day yesterday afternoon, but there was, it was a pretty big scare. Um, so so I thought I really thought that the whole house generator was was going to really save us. And you do really feel like, you know, your home is your castle and you're going to be OK. Um, it was it was really a colleague of mine 
who contacted me. I sent him an email. Actually, I actually report to him. He's, he supervises me. And I um, sent him an email and I said, I think we're going to be okay. We're going to stay here. And about 10 seconds later, he calls me and he said, you cannot stay there. This is going to be really bad. And the worst case scenario for you is that you can't get out if you need to for Tom. And that as a caregiver, that's what rung my bell, right? Because for myself, I think, okay, I could deal with that. Uh, but for the idea that I wouldn't be able to help Tom out if he needed to, because he's also diabetic then a, and a, a pretty serious diabetic these days. So if we run out of food, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to get food numb? You know, am I going to weaken his already weakened state with ALS? And that, that was the thing that really drove me to, to get out the door. So I don't know, maybe if you said it's me, I wouldn't have heard it in the same way. Um, well, I'm glad that he, maybe I would have. So I guess I just encourage um, all people, people you love and care about, it's okay to be firm with them. And it's all right if that person receiving that information doesn't like it initially. Yes. Well, I'm glad he used his expertise and convinced you to leave and reminded me that something that I learned when I attended the Red Cross hurricane training earlier this year, because I live in Florida and I'm always aware of hurricanes. And that was, you can survive the wind for the most part, especially if you're in a newer home or um, inland, even just a little bit, but the water you cannot. And it's the water that ultimately is the most dangerous when you have somebody that could possibly get very ill very quickly. And without air conditioning, if your generator were to run out of fuel today, that would put Tom's health in serious jeopardy too, because people who have um, medical conditions can't, they need to have their temperature controlled. And so exactly. hi, I'm so glad that you left. I mean, I know it's been really hard on you and maybe we could talk a little bit about that, that stress. I'm glad that you, I hope that you're not getting sick. I know some other caregivers who are experiencing the stress of this hurricane and they are starting to get sick. I think that's an excellent point. So just before I move on to that, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the binder because it comes to my mind how important that was. And, you know, that versus photographs. You can only take so much when you're, when you're leaving. I had to take as much of the uh, perishable foods as I could with us because I didn't know. We came to our daughters in South Carolina, but should she have lost power, um, we wouldn't have had those perishable foods. Plus, if my generator didn't work, it would have gone bad in my own home. So, so I had to pack that. And, I, and the best thing about the binder was I picked it up and I put it in the car and I didn't have to think twice about all of the important papers. It was in one place on my shelf in my office. And I looked at the photographs and I said, okay, I moved them up higher, hoping if we flooded, that they would be safe. Um, for the most part, they're photographs of my children. I have some of them in the cloud. It's a quite, a, quite a big undertaking for older people to you know, make electronic um, images of photos they have that were printed out in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. We have so many of them, you know. But I have some, and I have the memories of it. And that's the most important thing. I take those memories with me. But there are some documents that are just invaluable. You must take them with you. I left, um, I, I, I had plenty of medication backup. So I would encourage every uh, person who has medical conditions and caregivers who are caring for, for others 
to keep track of their supply of medications to take with them because it's another thing you have to do if you haven't done that. You have to now figure out how to get those medications. And I have a few weeks to get us by. So, I, so I'm okay for now, but I have to ask questions of people who know uh, the system, the VA system, perhaps in a way I hadn't thought of. And um, I have some guidance on that issue. Should I need to go that far? I want to so just like mention that um, we have a new Facebook page. Um, it's Sarcasm Sisters. So facebook.com slash Sarcasm Sisters. And I did put our very first link to pdhealth.mil. Um, there's a blog on their website that was published today. And it's the most comprehensive list of phone numbers for veterans and service members who are experiencing a hurricane um, that I've ever seen. So there are numbers in there where you could ask uh, emergency procedures for TRICARE, for your VA, all those types of critical resources. Well, that's fabulous. I think that's a great idea. And we, we probably could compile a little list of um, how to deal with the stress of this. So I, I could talk a little bit about that as well. We're at our daughter's um, in South Carolina. She has a treadmill in the house. Um, and she has, or in her garage, um, and she has some weightlifting equipment and things like that. So I've exercised almost every day since I've been here. And that helps to reduce some of the stress. It's not everybody's thing and not everybody is capable of doing it. I certainly can't do it like I used to, but I'm a pretty frequent walker. So I was able to reduce some of the stress. But I will say on Saturday, I probably had the worst heartburn that I've had in years and it didn't matter what I took. I couldn't get rid of it. And I do know that that is stress related. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing to do with it. I think it's hard to stay off social media because you're worried about your home. You're worried about your friends and your family and your community. And to some degree, I've backed off a little bit off of that social media for that reason. Uh, for a while, I didn't put anything on my own personal Facebook page for a few reasons. It felt kind of weird saying that. But then I started getting so many messages. It was just easier for me to put it out there that, you know, people who care about us, we're gone. We left. We're not going to get caught in the floodwaters of the hurricane. Um, but I, I do think it's really important that you find some things that can help you to reduce the stress. Somebody to talk to you. I'm lucky I have you to talk to. Um, it's, I've, I don't, I don't really have like a lot of great tips for it. I think probably pulling yourself a little away from social media is one of the better things you could do for yourself. It's devastating to see what's going on there. Oh, so devastating. And it's stressful for the people that care about you. And I know they want to reach out and they want to support you. Um, you're still in the midst of this, but there surely are, I know that sometimes people say it's going to be okay or you'll rebuild. What is the right thing for friends and family to say to support you right now? Oh, I think that's a great point. I've cried a lot. I'm I'm not going to lie about that. I cried uh, as I was getting ready to leave my house thinking I may not see it again. You know, we built that house with so, so much hope and promise in this, you know, in our last decades of our life, you know, that this, this was our dream house and we, we really put a lot into it. And I do know it is just a house. And I, if I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times. I mean, most people do know that we can replace our things, but it's the thought of having to replace them. It's the thought of rebuilding. It's one more thing. 
it's one more thing. I'm going to have to carry that whole burden myself. And even as much as you would have people come in and help you clean up, they can't help you rebuild your house. Only you can do that. And I have a husband who has a fatal disease that is overwhelming in its scope. So I cried and I left his paintings. He's a painter and he does beautiful oil paintings. And I had to leave his paintings. There are and they survived, but I didn't know that when I left. So I cried and crying is a good stress reliever. Um, what people can say is I'm here for you and it's okay if you wanna cry. Crying's allowed, man, you're just allowed to cry. It, it reduces a lot of those icky hormones in your system, those stress-filled hormones that can make you ill. I mean, I say cry, I went to church with my daughter Kate yesterday and I got a message on the way into church that the water was uh, rising behind our house from my neighbor. And I cried almost all through church. And the only thing that was terrible about that was I had no tissues. <laughs> oh, no. I was one big snotball in church and I couldn't control it because it's all I thought about. And I thought about the people that are there and what, how frightening that must, must have been for all of them. And that made me cry. I think it's okay. We, we're allowed to grieve. This is a very um, stressful situation. Um, there's a lot of dynamics going on. When are we going to get home? How are the people who are there? Um, what does my town even look like right now? It probably looks like a war zone right now. So I think for people, it's a long answer to get to this, but I think for people, you know, what are the best things that you can possibly say is I'm, I'm here for you. You know, platitudes are kind of useless, you know, like, we usually know them all. We say them ourselves. Yeah, I don't want to. I didn't. I have not wanted to impart a bunch of rhetoric on you this past week. So I have tried to be supportive and a good sounding board. I've tried to use a little sarcasm and some humor because for me, humor is a coping tactic. Um, and when my friends are hurting, I want to help so very much, but sometimes only thing you can do is just listen. Right. And I think you've done a really great job of that. We've done a lot of texting back and forth and we had some fun. We've had some fun with it and we will continue to do that because life will go on. It has to go on and we have to be, we have to try to be positive. You can't live um, down low. I'm still here. I'm still alive. Tom's still alive. My house is still standing. And I do believe that Wilmington will be stronger there's strong community as it is. There are beautiful people that live there. They're doing wonderful things for and with each other. And that will only continue. And I, I know some really great people in my life who um, will fly across the country mm -hmm. if they need to, to come and help us. And they're even sad that they can't come and help us because the Wilmington airport is closed. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you can't drive in there. You can't fly in there. Um, we, we will rebuild. And um, I think just having friends being there for you is the most important thing. Just letting you be sad and then picking you up. Um, rhetoric doesn't, I guess, really doesn't help anybody. You know, I do have some hurricane experience. Um, I will say from Hurricane Irma, there was there were many parts um, of Florida that were hit very hard. And about a year later, I can look back in specific neighborhoods near where I live are not only rebuilt, not completely. I mean, there's still, you'll see a few places that are, that still have damage or they're closed or they've torn them down, but that some places are even better than before. 
some city parks have been revitalized. Some neighborhoods are having an influx of, of new residents. And so in some ways, these things can create small, small blessings. We won't see it now, but maybe a year from now, we'll do a podcast and talk about, we'll just reflect on where Wilmington is at that point. I also love Wilmington and have no doubt that it will be better than ever. I agree. I think it is. um, I think, I think we'll rise above. And the, the people there, you can already see how much the people have already uh, been helpful to each other. And I know that about my own community, we've had, uh, a, you know, families move in and out over the last few years. And I haven't really gotten to know a lot of people in there. But I, um, we have our own, you know, community Facebook group, a closed group. And, you know, we, I think we've gotten to know each other in a different way. And I, I'm so proud of the people who have stayed and stayed strong. You know, I know that there are people who maybe even listening to this podcast will say, well, you know, why did these people stay? I mean, you should have left. There was this, you know, cat for hurricane coming. And, you know, that's a lot easier said than done. I was lucky that I had a place to go. Uh, We have our daughter's place to go. I have, my son is in Columbia, South Carolina, so I could have gone there as well. Um, I also have the financial means to stay in a hotel if I needed to. And not everybody is in that place. So not to judge why they stayed, they stayed and they stayed strong and they have reported to us, you know, frequently throughout the day. And, uh, they're just, they're my heroes. They stayed safe through the whole thing. Um, and they stayed close together as a close knit community. So right there, I think we see one little piece of hope that our community has grown, grown stronger. And I think we'll see that throughout Wilmington. I think so too. And, really what throughout our country that sounds kind of political and really lofty right now maybe not related but you know sometimes you have to go through tough times to see the good times that lie ahead and uh, I do feel like there are a lot of good times ahead not just for Wilmington but up for but for you and Tom and I know this has been stressful on you both I'm glad that you're doing some exercise. I'm glad you're allowing yourself to feel all the feelings and cry when you need to cry. And um, you're staying so positive. It's just really inspirational to me. So thank you. Well, I thank you too for being there for me. I mean, I think it's, um, it's important to have people in your life who can uh, be your emotional sidekick, you know? I agree with that. And I think that's one of the, one of the things we hope that you get from our podcast is that you know, Mary and I are great friends and we're silly sometimes and we're, we have to be serious with each other a lot. And from that comes ideas about how we can help other people um, with, with their issues and caregiving or um, in going through this crazy life. Right. I, um, so to be, I guess maybe, I don't know, people listening to this are, you know, we'll come from all faithful walks and things like that, or no, no faith at all, whatever, whatever it is that you are in life from it's, you know, it's cool with me, but for me personally, I have a lot of faith to, you know, I pray for courage and strength in the face of adversity. And I, I'm the first to say that, um, I can be angry as well. I mean, I'm just a human being like who needs one more thing. That's what I want to know. Who needed the hurricane? Like, as if we hadn't endured enough, you know? 
as if we weren't constantly enduring enough with ALS. ALS is, uh, is, a, is a very huge disease. It's very time consuming for the person who has it. Um, for the person who does a caregiving, it's enormous. It's, it's a disease of losses all the time. And it's hard. It's a hard, it's very hard to, to live with that in your life. And so like who needed this, right? So the homily yesterday in church was he was, he was talking about caring for his mother the last three months of her life. And then he had another personal issue in his life that he felt very burdened by. And he really felt like where, you know, where is, where are you in my life, God? Like, what is this? Yeah. And then it was later after he thought about it, after his mom had passed away and he had time to resolve some of his issues. And he realized that he got through that because he was stronger because he, because he really, God really was there. That is exactly when he was there. So of course I cried more (laughs) (laughs) and I, you know, just was like a five-year-old wiping my snot on my shirt. I mean, I had to know where to go with it. I probably should have asked somebody for a tissue I had mascara was dripping down my face. So, uh, and I didn't know anybody in this church at all. Um, but that's what I took back with me is that um, just because you have this one big thing in your life doesn't mean that you won't have another one and you can be strong in your faith to get you through. And I think that that's how I see going forward. I've sort of feel renewed in my faith in the face of this adversity. Well, I'm certainly happy that for that, and I'm, want to talk to you further about some of the mascaras that you've been using and which of those are waterproof <laughs> and which aren't. <laughs> well, it wasn't Maybelline. Okay. <laughs> we will be posting that on our Facebook page, no doubt. And along with some interesting things that I, I've seen on the internet, I'm going to do a little snooping and see if they're real or not. But I read somewhere that tears that you cry from sadness are different than tears that you cry from from happiness and different from different from tears that you cry from onions. I'm going to look into that, post that on the Facebook page as well. And Oh my God, I would love to see that because the other day when I was working out on the treadmill, I was, I was texting you and I was crying and I was sweating like crazy. So it was like, I don't know, 95% humidity in the garage. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, my tears taste exactly like my sweat right now. So I, I'm going to post that as well. I'm excited that we have the Facebook page because I think as people get to know us more, they'd like to find some of these links and um, read just a little bit further about some interesting ideas we've had, like our binder for life. And we'll definitely get uh, all of that on the Facebook page in the, in the coming days. Cool. Well, I'm excited to go see it. I haven't seen the, the uh, Facebook page yet. If it is, if you're listening to this on September 17th, this is the most infantile version of a Facebook page that you have ever seen in your life, (laughs) (laughs) but it's there. And so that's a start. Well, that's good. Thank you for doing that for us. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you calling today, being there for me. And I I hope that we've given some, um, especially our caregivers, uh, some some tips and points to help them through the stress and um, feel free to contact you or I, Jennifer McInday or Mary Hunt Ward for um, any other tips and pointers on our Facebook page and, and we'll do what we can to respond. So be patient though, because I'm not even home yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm about to go on the road. Hey, we, we need to make sure and include one thing. What are you drinking today, Mayor? 
Oh my gosh, nothing even exciting. I'm drinking water. That's You should stay hydrated when you're stressed. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm drinking water. I went out for a good walk outside in the fresh air today uh, because it's not raining. Sun shining here in South Carolina. So I took advantage of that. I think you should, especially at first I thought, oh, I feel kind of guilty doing this, right? Because all my, my community back home, you know, they're all stuck in and it's so gross there right now. But then I said, well, you know what? If you don't suffer like that, that's crazy. Just go out and enjoy it. They'd want you to. So I did. And I thought about them while I was out there. And and now I'm drinking water. What are you drinking? Limeade with pulp. And oh, my gosh. I There was a sale. And I just love juice. We've got like six kinds of juice. And um, I saw limeade. It's not something I would normally buy. But I said, yeah, let's get something different. So I'm, I'm being a little different today. Cool and healthy because limeade's healthy. Right. See, it's good for me. Exactly. Well, that'll do it for us this time. And we hope that uh, you've taken away some important emergency preparedness ideas from uh, Mary's unfortunate experience with the hurricane. But we also hope that you've taken away a little bit of encouragement and inspiration because. We truly are better together, and we hope that's what you take away from us, even though we are the Sarcasm Sisters. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye. My postscript for today's podcast, the helpers, they came back. We finished up our podcast. I walked out of my room, was thinking, hmm, what should I do next? Maybe I'll start moving some of this furniture and then maybe I'll ask for help for some of the bigger pieces. And there they were standing right at my door saying, how can we help? I said, okay, come on, let's do it. Let's get it done. So all my furniture is back in place. My beautiful outdoor furniture. It's not really beautiful. It's very cottagey. It's very comfortable. It's very cozy. It's very me. It helps me to have really good days when I can go sit out on my furniture and I need a little quiet time. Sometimes I have my coffee on the front porch and I can watch the sunrise from there. And it's just beautiful. And so the fact that they came over and helped me and I didn't even have to ask. Icing on the cake. Beautiful people. It's really wonderful. If you're thinking that somebody might need your help, ask. And don't feel bad if they say no, but come back and ask again. Don't be afraid to ask other people for help and don't be afraid to accept the help. That's my words for today. Take care, everybody. See you next time.